You've come to the right place. If you're a course creator looking to build more impact, income, and freedom, LMS Cast is the number one podcast for course creators just like you. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of the most powerful tool for building, selling, and protecting engaging online courses called Lifter LMS. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett and I'm joined by a special guest, Terry Tuttage from beyondtheoffice.com. Welcome to the show, Terry. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great. Uh, this is going to be an episode about WordPress and uh, how to level up and get the most out of it. Terry's been doing lots of different things inside the world of WordPress, but when somebody meets you, how do you describe what it is you do with WordPress? Um, I usually use a, a terrible phrase that's sort of like, I help people with their website stuff. Um, I kind of hate the word stuff, but I haven't found a better word for it because it's a little of everything. I do building sites from scratch, fixing sites, um, maintaining sites, teaching them how to use their sites. And I tend to get a lot of people that started with, um, I did a thing and now it's broken. Can you help me fix it? Um, so it's, it's a little of everything. It's website stuff. It's all of the things. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's, uh, like if you are in the WordPress world, sometimes it's easy to get inside the bubble, but like when I go <laughs> out and about, if somebody asks me what I do, I'm like, Oh, I have a software company. I help people build online schools. If I'm talking to some, somebody who's inside WordPress already, I'll say I have a learning management system plugin for WordPress, but it's very right. context specific. And that's one of the challenges with WordPress is it's infinitely extendable. And, um, and you know, people have all these different configurations. Um, yeah. And that's why you put together a website owner's guide. You can check that out at beyondtheoffice.com. And I love where you're, you're kind of focusing in with, which is beyond the beginner thing. You got the site up. Now what? Right. What are some of the things that uh, people can be working on to level up their, their WordPress website after the launch? Make a backup. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. That is one of the things that I, um, I like to say I'm a little bit neurotic about backup. That's the thing that I've done for, um, I've done backup talks for some WordCamps um, at the, we had a, a mega meetup here in Pittsburgh. I did a lightning talk on it. I have seen so many problems that take forever to fix. It could easily have been resolved if they just had a backup. Um, so once you get the site exactly the way you want it, or even if it's close to the way you want it and you're working on it and you want to try new things, right? Like make a backup because Sometimes it's hitting the wrong button and you delete things. I've seen people um, delete the user that had all of the content associated with it and didn't reassign that content to somebody else. And they deleted basically all of the content from their site. Um, with a backup, that takes 20 minutes to fix. Otherwise, it takes an hour of me digging around in a database trying to figure out how to get this stuff back out. Uh, you know, just make a backup. That's the first thing. What do you recommend for backups? Like in terms of, there's different ways to do it. There's the hosting level backup. Like if you have a higher end hosting, they do it automatically. There's backup plugins. What what do you recommend? Um, I've been using Backup Buddy for years. I know it's a premium plugin. I know there's no free version of it, but it's one of those things that once I tried it, there was no going back to anything else because it, for me, it, it works better. It works more seamlessly than everything else. 
Um, I don't trust only relying on the hosting backups because I've seen times where those have failed. Um, and in fact, at our mega meetup, we, I was talking about this and we had somebody there who representing a local hosting company and he even agreed with me. He's like the hosting backups are basically there for the hosting company's protection, not necessarily for yours. They're only keeping them for maybe five to seven days, right? A lot of times you're not looking at your website every day. You're not searching for your website on Google. There are times of problems go missed for longer than the five to seven days. If you're only relying on that, that's not a good backup solution. Plus if the hosting crashes, <laughs> you have no backup anyway. Um, so yeah, I would do, if you're not using backup buddy, um, something that's at least automated, right? That doesn't require you going in and remembering to push the button every Friday to make the backup and send it somewhere else. Something that can be automated, something that can be scheduled um, or use a you know maintenance service, have somebody do it for you just to make sure it gets done. I love that. And if you want to see a live demo of Backup Buddy, we did a, a webinar training with um, so somebody from iThemes. Uh, if you go to the bottom of lifterlms.com and click on webinars, you'll find it. Um, maintenance. You offer maintenance services for WordPress websites. I do. What? Uh, well, what, let me just back up and say an issue we talk about on this podcast with almost every guest is what I call the five hats problem which in order to have a successful online course or training-based membership website, you have to be five people at once. You have to wear these five hats, which is almost an impossible task. Right. You have to be, number one, an expert in something. Number two, you have to be able to teach. You have to be a teacher. Number three, you have to be able to be, build community, both before the sale and after the sale. Number four, you have to be an instructional designer, which means you need to <laughs> no. take your expertise and actually organize it into a useful consumable uh, way. That's what you, you have to have that skill. And number right. five is you have to be an entrepreneur um, and, and, and there's uh and, and also a technologist. So I think I, I, I think I added an extra hat there. It might've been the instructional <laughs> designer because that goes inside of teaching, but you have to be an entrepreneur and then you have to be a technologist. Unfortunately, I see a lot of course creators, coaches, trainers fail because they get too into the weeds on the technology when it's really not their strong suit and right. they could have saved themselves by getting just a little bit of help um, or, you know, building somebody on their team or getting a maintenance thing. So they don't, they're not solely responsible for the website and they're not an expert in WordPress. Right. What, do you, what do you offer for maintenance and like, how do you support website owners with your maintenance? So the very basic level that I have literally is just backups and updates. It's like the bare minimum of what I consider taking care of your website. That's like if you had a car, right? Like that's the, bare, that's the equivalent of like remembering to get your oil changed when you need to. It's like, it's, it's really the lowest bar, um, but it's backups, it's updates. And then with that, you know, I'm testing the updates. So when I apply them, I make sure it doesn't blow up the website. And if it does, we figure out why so it can be fixed. Um, making trying to make sure that um it's speed optimized and that it's secure and stuff like that so that you're not going to get hacked so that we don't have to fix your website every other week um so that's you know and that's all like stuff i said like i said that's just the bare minimum and then i have um we'll say like the next level i also offer some time to work on the site each month so you know some people are really comfortable putting in their own blog posts but they don't want to have to deal with backups and whether or not it's secure and stuff like that some people want 
to just be able to email them. Here's my blog post, put the pictures up, make mail my Pinterest traffic for me, you know, do that kind of stuff. And so I'll do that. And then I have like the upper plan that includes hosting, that includes security, that includes working on it. You know, we'll do brainstorming sessions once a month. We'll talk about ways that we can go further with it, kind of more proactive not like business partnery, but right. Like I work with a lot of different businesses. I've seen lots of different things that work. I can give people ideas for what they might want to try to implement in their business to help achieve their goals. And that's an advanced tip. I just want to throw out there. If you are building WordPress sites for clients, um, your clients are not in the witness protection program. So when you talk to them, <laughs> if you put that in your package, and you're the expert. And if you see an opportunity to, to improve their website or fix something that they may not even realize, it generates work for you. And right. it's, you become a trusted advisor, not just a vendor. So that's a uh, that's cool. I, I love seeing that you put that um, brainstorming uh, feature into your maintenance plan. I think that's right. really smart. Um, you're, you're also like a trainer. So we're actually going to shift for a second outside of the yeah. technology hat and talk about workshops that you've run in person <laughs> where you're teaching website stuff. Right. Um, there's a couple things I wanted to just kind of couch before we get into that. Number one is sometimes course creators and membership site people, trainers, uh, they get a little isolated and insulated and are creating from home with no feedback loop, no live people around. They're trying to automate everything to down to the four hour work week. And they miss the opportunity of getting out in front of real people and even sharing their love or their passion with their local community. They get into mm -hmm. this online business of a global multinational startup thing. And, uh, but there's just doing something locally can be pretty powerful. Um, and then there's also the concept of blended learning where maybe you teach some stuff online and then you have some stuff in person. That's a cool concept. And there's something really making waves called uh, the flip classroom where essentially you teach online and then you show the in-person thing, you're more or less just there to support and coach and find out where people got stuck and just facilitate. So you're kind of flipping the classroom model and the homework model upside down. Tell us about your workshop experience. I love that you get out into the world and do that. Right. Why do you do it? How does it work? What have you taught? Um, sorry, so that was like five questions at once. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I have kids, so I'm used to answering five questions at once. <laughs> it just kind of goes with it. Um, so a couple of years ago, I was talking to somebody who um, worked with the library, and I mentioned that I do, you know, training and stuff, and they and they were basically like. Oh, I think we have, you know, like our, we have people through the nonprofit center that the library ha runs that would be interested in this because um, a lot of nonprofits use WordPress sites and it tends to be um, that the management of the website falls on the desk of the person who seems to be the most techie, even if they know nothing about websites, right? Like, oh, you know how to work your smartphone here. Now you get to use the, do the website. Um, so these are people that don't have a background in anything related to websites, you know, maybe there's the marketing person or things like that. So they can write great content, getting it onto the site, maintaining the site, knowing um, what the different error messages mean, like all of that stuff is totally over their head. So I did a workshop a couple of years ago, started with one for the nonprofit center and we had, you know, people from maybe like 20 different nonprofits there. And it was a very unstructured um, workshop. It was uh, like a three hour workshop 
I did some beginning explanation on the different components of the website just for some general understanding. I had some slides ready, but we didn't really use them. I basically just jumped into my sandbox site and started showing them different things because I've always believed, especially with websites, right? Like a lot of people just learn better by watching it. Um, so I showed them how to do different stuff. And then I just, you know, it, I took questions. So it was, well, you know, on our site, we have this theme and we have Divi and how do I do this? And, and we are hosted with these people. What do I do with, you know, how do I do X, Y, Z? Um, because you're dealing with, you know, we talked about how WordPress has so many different variables. So you're dealing with people that have nobody there is using the same theme as somebody else and everything is different. I can't really do a structured workshop. And well, if I was doing a workshop on, you know, how to build a course using Lyft or LMS, sure, that can be way more structured because it's very specific. Um, but this was just, you know, how to how to help maintain your website for nonprofits, and, and you know, and, and so there's a lot of interest in it, but so many different variables, so you can't really superstructure those. I actually really enjoy those because I like to see the variety of questions that people are getting, the different. Um, tech stacks that people are using, you know, how people are implementing things in different ways. And I just enjoy kind of digging into the different kinds of problems and figuring out the solution. So I like doing that. I did that for probably once a year for a couple of years, and then they've restructured how they do that. Um, so I did was one this past February. And next year, I'm going to be doing an evening one in the summer. I'm not really sure how that's going to go. Okay. <laughs> but and that one's gonna be they, they kind of merged the nonprofit in the business center. So that one's gonna be open to a little bit more of um a little bit of both. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. Nice, nice. Um what about uh you you, you mentioned in our pre-chat before the show like teaching through what I call simple rules or principles, because sometimes people have uh, like all these different tools that do different things, and really they need to get some core foundational concepts. Can you right. tell like some of how you do that, and uh, you know some examples of that where it sure. doesn't really matter so much, and how you can specialize but you don't have to. Right. So yeah, I mean in the in the workshops and when I'm working with one on one with people, I spend a lot of time talking about like the basics, the best practices. So making sure you're on decent hosting. Um, because that plays a lot into security and site speed and all kinds of other things. Um, making sure you have a backup plan, right? Um, even if it means that every Friday morning, you know, Fred's logging in and running a backup, like if that's what the plan is and that's working for you, that's fine, but have a plan. Um, we talk about basic security stuff, not using stupid, easy passwords, you know, just going over some of the basics from security standpoint. Because there's a lot of those things too, where you know somebody maybe set up the site five years ago, but security has changed in five years, and tools available for backups have changed in five years. Um, so what's current? We talk about what a staging site is and how you can create one and why you need one before you start doing major changes. Um, we talk about child themes. I, you know, it's kind of, and a lot of that is it's uh, introducing concepts to them that they may not be familiar with um, before that, that are really helpful just to the overall understanding of what they're doing. Um, what the little update wheel means and why you should do updates. But do a backup first, <laughs> which I say probably 20 times when I'm doing these workshops. 
Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll go over some basics of maybe like, what is SEO? What is a call to action? Why do you want to have your, um, by, you know, register now, maybe as a button instead of a link or, you know, just kind of some basic things to help them be thinking in a different way about what they're doing on the websites to make it more user friendly, to make it work better for them. Keep listening. This podcast is not over. This is just a special message about this episode's sponsor, WP Tonic Managed WordPress LMS Hosting. Think of it as everything you need to have a professional online course training platform right out of the box, ready to go. Find out more about WP Tonics Managed WordPress LMS Hosting by going to lifterlikes.com forward slash tonic. Now back to the show. That's awesome. I have a question about uh, the problem in our industry, which it's a big problem, which is that um, unfortunately a lot of people like they do some work or somebody helps build the WordPress website and then they, it's called going dark or they disappear or they mm-hmm. stop responding to emails. And in the worst scenarios, it actually happens like halfway through the project build and they just kind of disappear. I'm mm-hmm. not sure I understand quite why or that problem so bad, but I know uh, when I did a lot of work with clients, um, they a lot of times you're starting at a, a, with a place of... Um, where you have to earn the trust because they had a bad experience with the last right. person they worked with. Um, how do you, like you obviously show up and you're willing to make a commitment if they're going to do a plan with you, but what would your advice be to WordPress professionals who maybe don't realize that that's a big differentiator in the space and how can they, how can they make that relationship a huge success and, and avoid that? What causes people to disappear? I don't know if you have any, theories on that or whatever but well i mean so i i personally i've had clients come to me from that you know i used to have a web guy and i can't get a hold of him anymore and i need to update something and so and so told me about you or i found you online or or you know whatever um so yeah i've had lots of people come to me and it's i think in some of the cases right somebody's maybe freelancing to pay the bills for a while and then they take a full-time job and they just let their freelancing site go away without telling people that they're going away and we just, it, it seems like they just disappear. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I get that from the financial motive of it, but if you had been working with people, I feel like it's nice to at least let them know, be like, Hey, by the way, I'm doing this other thing now. Even if you're not referring them to somebody else, let them know that you're not going to be around anymore, you know, so that they don't yeah. disappear and they're wondering what happened to you. Um, I don't know. And I, I mean, I'm, I've, I'm in a bunch of different uh, Facebook groups related to, you know, web design and entrepreneur and stuff. I kind of just try to figure out what people have questions about, help out where I can. One of the things I see a lot though, is that, um, there's a lot of web developer people that like, oh, well, you know, that one's not worth my time anymore. I got the big money out of them for the project and, eh, and, and so they just kind of ghost them. Um, so whether or not they're still there, they just stop replying to the emails, which I think is a little bit shady or a lot shady, you know, at least let them know or give them some excuse. Like I don't have time for it or whatever. Just don't disappear. Um, but as far as how I go to help people to, to, to trust me after all of that, um, so as it says on my website, you were looking at my website earlier, I translate 
web problems into solutions. I've had a lot of people tell me that I'm really good at translating the techie speak into words that everybody else understands. Um, I talk to them just the same way I'm talking to you. I, I, and the language that I use, I feel like conveys that I know the technical stuff without getting stuck in the land of jargon where they don't understand what I'm saying. So it tends to find a nice balance between making them feel comfortable in my skill without feeling like I'm talking down to them. That's a huge um, thing. That's a huge yes, thing. And I'm, I'm just looking at your website now and I, I love the like sort of your service feature boxes or whatever. It says, I need it, which best describes your need or which, what you need help with. I need right. a new website. My website needs care. I want to add things to my site. I want to learn WordPress. These are all very conversational ways right. that clients talk. That's what they would say. They don't say, right. I need a PHP plugin, CSS, something. Like they, they're just like, <laughs> I need some help. <laughs> right. My, my hosting company said I need to update my pH what now? Like, yeah, I get, you know, emails from random people too that are like, oh, Jane said I should email you. What does this mean? Yeah. Um, and, and I'm okay with that because I feel like if I can be the approachable web, web bleh, developer that they're talking to, um, you know, I'm good with that. Yeah, without, and also when there's a, um, what's the word, like an information advantage or if you're the expert, right. the last thing people want to feel is like they're, they can't communicate with you or like you're talking down to them or something like that. That's, it's just no yeah. way to do business. So it's just like, important to be sensitive, very sensitive to who you're talking to. Right. Like when the mechanic starts saying, you know, there's a harmonic synthesizer, what's its problem, right? Like, and my dad used to be a mechanic. So I'm familiar with a lot of the words, but even when they start talking to me and I'm like, wait, could you just explain what actually needs to happen? Um, and I think a lot of people like to throw out the big words to, because they feel like it makes them sound more knowledgeable. Um, but I feel like it also makes them sound less empathetic towards their customer because if they don't understand, if they can't use the same words that their customer is using, um, the customer just doesn't relate to them as well. Yeah. And that's, it's like, um, another tool for getting better at that is being problem focused and solution focused, not tool focused. Right. Like, like your language of like, I need a website, my website's broken or needs care or whatever. These are all just problem focused and right. oriented statements. Right. And I mean, and I'm not, I don't have one favorite theme or one favorite plugin uh, with the exception of Backup Buddy that I use for everything. Um, you know, I've worked on a bunch of different themes. I've worked on a bunch of different um, form plugins. I've worked with a bunch of different page builders. I, you know, if a customer comes to me and says, I need you to fix something on my site and they're already using a specific thing, I'm not going to make them switch to something else just because that's what I'm more comfortable with. It's what's working for them. I'm not going to make them, you know, redo everything just to make me feel more comfortable. I actually saw somebody and they, they, they had, had somebody build their site. That person was no longer available for whatever reason. They started working with somebody new and he installed a second page builder on their site because he didn't know the first one. So half of their pages were in one and half of their pages were in the other. And it took forever to load because now you have so many more resource files that are being loaded with everything because it's loading stuff for two page builders. And I'm like, this is a terrible idea. 
Yeah. Um, but it all came down to, I don't want to figure out how to do it with A, so we're just going to make everything in B, but push them both together. Yeah, I don't think are, that works. Those are two very different mindsets. Like, are you trying to help the client? Or are you like an elementary specialist or Divi specialist or Beaver Builder right. specialist? And uh, really, if you just ask yourself what's in the best interest of the client, it's fine if you specialize and you're like, I'm an expert in these tools. Absolutely. I mean, that's fine. But if you're going to help a client, what's in their best interest is not to have three page builders going at once because that's going to take that client if that's if you want to draw that line in the sand, which you have every right to do. Right. I wanted to ask you, um, it sounds like you do some like you get local referrals and you do stuff in your community. What do you what's your uh, split or how do you approach? Uh, doing work locally in your community versus like anybody who finds you on the internet. Like what's your, how do you relate to that? Is there, or do you care? Are you trying to be a low, like a local shop? I remember meeting somebody when I lived in Montana, which I don't live there now. And they're like, I only do clients that are within this like region. And I was at the time I was doing clients all over the world. One's not right, right or wrong, but what, what's, how do you do it? Um, just like I like to work with different people and different systems and stuff like that. I don't really have a preference. I like, I do like working with local people because it's fun to be able to like, you know, we have some of the same reference points. Um, I know that a lot of people from a customer perspective um, like to find somebody that, that is local to them because they feel more comfortable with it. If there is, you know, the potential someday, that if we really had to, we could meet at a coffee shop, right? Like they just feel like that proximity makes them feel more comfortable with me. So I do have my location, you know, my city and in some of my um, SEO because I want people to know that where I'm at. But I've also worked with people um, literally all around the world. I picked up a customer a couple of years ago because he was looking at one of my YouTube videos on how to clone your site. And he messaged me and he's like, right, I, I don't want to do that. Can I just hire you? Um, and he was um, somewhere in South America. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you can pay me in U.S. dollars because the whole conversion thing with the bank, like, that's a pain in the butt. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't have a preference as to where people are um, as long as we can work together. And I think that's the thing that's important for a lot of things, too, is that people have different personalities. People have different work styles. The way I talk to people, I find that it tends to put my clients at ease. But some people maybe really want the person who's going to use all the tech speak because they're, they're more comfortable with that. And, and okay, that's not me. And you're welcome to go work with them and, you know, whatever. Um, I don't have a preference. I just want us to be able to get along well with each other. Um, if you're not going to respect, you know, the way I run my business or the way I run my life. And if I can't respect the way you run your business, that's not going to work out. Um, so I'm just flexible. That's awesome. And I also just wanted to pull out something you said that uh, just in case anybody missed it, which is that you made some YouTube videos about how to do something. That is exactly how I started as a WordPress freelancer. Mm -hmm. And and my whole WordPress journey started just by make, putting videos on YouTube about how to do stuff with WordPress. Next thing you know, I've got clients. And they're coming in through my videos. So even right. if you're not a, a website builder, if you are, you're a course creator, an expert, the power of YouTube to connect right. people is really amazing. And also, in case you didn't know, on a YouTube, first of all, you should, if you're using YouTube for that purpose, 
you should put a link to your website or how to contact you in the description of the video. But also most YouTubers, um, if you go to their about tab and on their YouTube channel, you like confirm that you're not a bot and then it will show you their email address. So like you can connect, YouTube is really powerful for connecting people at scale. Um, and it's, I think for WordPress, it's amazing. I mean, I don't know how many videos I'm on about WordPress are on YouTube. Well, and it's a never ending opportunity because it's absolutely. And just because there's already a million videos on the topic that you want to make a video on does not mean you shouldn't because there's somebody's going to connect with the way you say it. Um, totally just lost my train of thought. And, oh, well. well, another and, tip too is if you're, if you're like somebody's already done the, the backup buddy YouTube video or whatever, mm -hmm. first of all, there's only one you second of all, if you want to make it like, how do you stand out? Put the year on the, right. in the title. There you go. Yeah. This technology is always changing. Oh, that's what I was going to say is, is um, and, and some people do like learning in different ways, right? Like I actually prefer to read a blog post instead of watching a video. Um, but some people really want to be able to watch the video or they have it playing on their phone or on another screen while they're working on stuff so that they can see the two happening. So, you know, some people are um, great at writing stuff. Some people are great at making videos, um, you know, there's, but it, it takes all different kinds of, of people and you're going to connect with somebody that really likes the way you do it. Totally. Totally. Um, I wanted to ask you about the, can you just take people to school on how WordPress meetups, what they are and what WordCamps are and how that works? Cause sure. I think some, some people listening to this or watching this on YouTube may not be aware of this, community that exists probably in, right. their, in their area? So meetups are local groups of WordPress um, users, developers, fans um, that, that get together, we'll say periodically. Um, some places, you know, some meetups are more active than others. Um, here in Pittsburgh, we do, we typically do like one meetup a month. It's um, kind of in the, in the center of the city. And then I was running another meetup that usually tried to meet in the northern part of the city because, you know, we have a lot of bridges and tunnels and people don't want to cross rivers and I don't understand, but whatever. Um, so we tried to do it in two different locations, right, because Pittsburgh's a big city. And what I was finding was there was a lot of people that really couldn't make it to the second location, but there was a lot of interest in doing them um, online. So we've been doing some online meetups that are still, you know, our Pittsburgh meetup, and we still have people from Pittsburgh, but then we also then have people coming from outside of Pittsburgh, which is kind of cool. So we had um, Michelle Frechette from New York was talking about 404 pages, right? So she's in New York. She couldn't, she's not going to drive all the way to Pittsburgh to share her information with our meetup. Um, but we were able to get her on Zoom, and it's just a way to kind of share what you know or get help with, um, with a problem that you have that's generally a lot of a common suggestion in, you know, if people are new to WordPress, don't have a whole lot of budget, maybe to hire somebody, um, you know, go check out a meetup and see, you know, there's, there's probably one in a city near you and, you know, you can get information on it. Um, the way we run our meetups is we try to have a topic each month so that we're talking about something specific. Um, but sometimes we also do, you know, happiness bar style meetups where it's basically just come and bring your question and we'll see if we can answer it. So we get everybody from people that just heard about WordPress last week 
to, you know, developers, to um, representatives of plugin companies and, you know, a little bit of everything. So it's, and, and I, you get a good mix. There's just a bunch of different personalities. I like, I really like the meetups. Um, and then word camps are basically localized conferences related to all things WordPress. Um, and it covers literally all things WordPress. It covers blogging, it covers development, it covers using it. We've had people come and talk about um, accessibility. We've had people talk about SEO. I mean, you know, any topic vaguely related to websites with WordPress, right? You can, you might find that. Um, the first year we had a WordCamp in Pittsburgh. One of the speakers was an intellectual property attorney talking about you know, um, digital rights and why you can't just grab an image off of a Google image search and stick it on your blog post. Um, so word camps happen in different cities, literally all around the world. And if you're new to this concept, go to wordcamp.org and find one that's happening close to you. Um, there can be one day, sometimes there are two days, sometimes there's one track, sometimes there's multi-tracks. Everyone's a little bit different. Um, but from where I'm at in Pittsburgh, there's probably oh, five or six within a one day's driving distance from here. So if I really wanted to talk to a whole bunch of WordPress people, um, I have my opportunities to do that. That is awesome. I was mm -hmm. just pulling it up on the on meetup.com. It looks like there's a 1,621 WordPress meetups out there. So yep. they're, they're everywhere. I mean, And those are... And those are the only the official WordPress meetups that are officially sanctioned by um, by WordPress. There's a bunch of other ones. Like we had one popped up in Pittsburgh that only lasted like a year or so that was like WordPress and other stuff, right? That oh. um, wasn't the officially sanctioned one, but, you know, sometimes there's related ones as well. Yeah. And that's like for some people... Like we were, we had we were discussing the difference between working with a web person locally versus mm -hmm. um, just working with somebody somewhere else in the world. Both options are possible, but it's for a lot of people they like to like know that they're they what they they can meet their tech person, they can right. run into them at a WordPress event, and they're also in the same time zone. So when they communicate, <laughs> yes, you know. <laughs> I've had clients in Australia and it's, it's painful. Like, cause you're often, I'm often doing a meeting at seven o'clock at night. They're getting up early, right? Uh, but it's, uh, yeah. So there's a, there's a lot to be said for getting, getting outside of the building and connecting with your WordPress community. Absolutely. So, Terry Tudich from beyondtheoffice.com. Go check out this site. Um, and check out her guide on a uh, website. Ownership really focused on what to do, you know, after the launch and, right. and and just if you're looking for a WordPress person, check her out. And if you are a WordPress person, you know, check out what she's doing. I think you're doing a lot of amazing things here, right? And inspiring the community for people to um, empathize more with the customer, create a offer that really surrounds the customer. It's more focused on them than it is on you. And then your communication style is is awesome in a way that attracts people and is intimidate, isn't intimidating and easy for a prospective customer to understand. Terry, awesome. I want to, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Is there any final words you have for the people? Um, back up your website. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know when the last,
Last time you backed it up, let's go, go do that now. Yeah. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I hope you enjoyed the show. This show was brought to you by Lifter LMS, the number one tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses to help you get more revenue, freedom, and impact in your life. Head on over to lifterlms.com and get the best gear for your course creator journey. Let's build the most engaging results getting courses on the internet. Thank you.